the way that they were talking was like they sent me home with like bags and bags of stuff and like replacement pads and I'm like no 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 like this is not our future like yeah we're not this this baby is not going to be tube fed we're going to the Insta Mama show <laughs> hi this is Rachel and this is Natalie and we are the Insta Mamas we are sisters with a podcast and we talk about everything from faith healthy clean living adoption foster care, motherhood, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Hi guys, welcome back to the Insta Mamas. It's just Rachel here today, and I am here also. Well, not just me, because my dear friend Kelsey is here, and she is actually another mom that goes to Harvest Church. So um, if you like all these moms on here, maybe you should start coming to Harvest, (laughs) just to put that little blip in there. But So let's just jump right in. Kelsey, why don't you just tell us a little about yourself, your family, hobbies, work, what you like to do. Hi, guys. I'm Kelsey, and um, I'm married to a wonderful man. His name's Travis. He's super handsome. Sorry, he's taken. (laughs) Um, I have red hair. I feel like a lot of people know me for my red hair, and I have a fiery personality that goes right along with it, so I'm kind of your classic angry redhead. No, just using. (laughs) Um, I have two girls. They are four and one, Edith and Lucy, and yeah, they definitely keep me busy. Lots of passion. Oh, yeah. Edith and Ariana and Serbi are friends, so that's a lot of fun, too. Um, but yeah, uh, for fun, let's see. I go to church. (laughs) I enjoy cooking. (laughs) I like naps. And, um, my most recent thing, which you love too, Rachel, is Color Street. I, I am a Color Street stylist and that keeps me very busy and it's so much fun. (laughs) So yeah. That's one thing I've meant. I think I've mentioned that on our podcast before when we're talking about how you have to be on a budget. And I'm like, okay, well, my, I do spend money on Color Street because I do like to wear it. And I totally do for a while. So. And that's exactly why I became a stylist because Travis was like, we don't have money for this. And I was like, how about I can, how about I can get it for free? How about that? So that's our deal. But yeah, lots of fun. And um, it's fun being a girl mom. Like yeah. all the emotions, but man, I love like the dress up and the fun and the giggles and like, not that boys don't giggle, yeah. but, you know. Well, it's so funny because Ariana was telling me, she said, Edith, and she mentioned this other girl that they're in class with, and she goes, they're all wearing twirly dresses, Mom, and you haven't been putting me in twirly dresses. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, so let's go. We found some twirly dresses, and so she's been wearing them to school. Yeah, it can't just be any dress. It has to have a twirl factor, and, yeah. man, it's, it's a battle. Yeah. <laughs> if I have to make her wear pants, it's like, the world is coming crashing down. So <laughs> pros and cons. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. And today's topic, we're going to dive into talking a lot about her younger daughter and who just had her first birthday, which yeah. is a miracle in itself. And it's, it's a heavier topic. It is, um, if you're easily triggered, it might be something you want to take note before listening, but it's a really important thing that I just think moms need to hear and I think there's plenty of moms who've dealt with this sort of stuff in some aspect maybe not to this extreme what mm-hmm. Kelsey's going to talk about but um so she's just here to tell her story and we are so thankful that you're here to tell your story because I, I really think I believe that it's one that moms really need to hear too yeah well and I feel like our story kind of starts in a very relatable way um 
when I first found out I was pregnant with Edith, I remember sitting in the pediatrician's office, interviewing a pediatrician, because that's what you do, you know, you're mm -hmm. pregnant, and you're like, okay, you know, and he asked me if I was planning on breastfeeding, and I was like, yeah, like, why are you even asking, like, obviously, is the sky blue? Like, of course I'm going to breastfeed, yeah. you know, like, duh, I'm a good mom. <laughs> and then um, I had Edith and could not breastfeed her for the life of me. And that's a different story. That's not what we're here to talk about. But I, I went into the second pregnancy with Lucy knowing that um, it was, I mean, it, it really spiraled me with Edith not being able to nurse. Mm -hmm. um, and I dealt with a lot of depression and it, it took, that's why we had such a big gap between the two girls. So going into this pregnancy with Lucy, I knew, and I had laid it down before the Lord, okay, if I can't nurse, God, I'm not going to let it rock me emotionally mm. the way it did the first time. And so I had laid it down, but then <laughs> the story unfolded. It still was, it still was a battle. So, mm. um, that was a difficult thing for sure. Um, well, I think it's too, when you have these expectations, especially when you come from a big family, because you come from a big mm -hmm. family and you see how their pregnancies went and their feeding went. I've and... never heard of a mom that couldn't nurse. Like that okay, was, yeah. everyone just was like, oh yeah, like I just breastfed until they were one and, I, and then I weaned them and that was that. So, I mean, it's just not something very common where moms are like proud of formula feeding or, mm. or just saying, oh, it's not a big deal. Like you always hear breast is best and you always hear like, Oh, all the benefits of breastfeeding and stuff. So I just thought like, oh, I'll do that too. And then when it didn't work the first time, I had so many people say, oh, it didn't work for me my first time either. Oh, wow. So you're going to have such better luck. I mean, person after person after person reassuring me that it's going to go fine with your second. So Lucy was born and everything was great. And it was like, oh my word, I'm nursing. And she's like, latched so great. My milk's coming in. And like, mm -hmm. I actually like had quantifiable milk, which was different than <laughs> the first time around. But we go to that first appointment. She's like six days old and they're like, she's not gaining weight. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what? You know, so that was, that was hard. I had to lay it down. So I, I cried for about 24 hours. Like, well, just... yeah, especially if you're feeling so confident and you're like, yes. Hey, we're doing, we're, we're bonding, we're latching yes. and the doctor's like, Oh, sorry, mom. But oh, it caught me off devastating. guard. Yeah. I cried for a day before I finally decided to start offering the formula after mm -hmm. nursing. And, and that was just like, I had to be like, no, I laid this down and I wasn't going mm -hmm. to idolize this and I wasn't going to let it rob my joy as a mom, which yeah. I kind of did the first time. Like mm. it was, like it really spiraled me so I was like we're not gonna go there yeah <laughs> so yeah I, I started um, feeding her with bottles after every nursing session which is also very time-consuming having mm -hmm. to nurse and then have a toddler and then um, chase every every feed with a bottle so then you're also washing bottles oh, wow. in addition and were to nursing. you pumping at that time too I tried but it's hard you're already nursing every two hours two yeah. to three hours like 24 7 so um, it was difficult. And then also during this time, um, two weeks after she was born was when COVID started. So mm -hmm. we had our meal train stopped. People stopped coming over to help. Oh, yeah. We didn't see family for a long time. So we mm -hmm. lost a lot of support. It wasn't like people were offering to take Edith. Like, and I had a two week old and Travis is back to work full time. Like, mm -hmm. so that combined with feeding constantly, it was just, um, it was hard and it was kind of survival mode. Well, yeah. And just the emotions on top of not just what's going on with your daughter, but what's going on with the world. Oh yeah. Like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, Everybody felt that, but then you have that oh extra layer to that too. It was insane. Well, just and then you just imagine. have to choose to trust God because 
you know, it's scary and you're like, should I not let my mom come over to hold my newborn mm. that's two weeks old because she went to Winco today? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, and she has the germs on her feet and you hear all these things, you know, mm-hmm. about all the things and stuff. But um, ultimately we just had to be like, no, like we're not going to live in fear and we're not going to let these things um, rock us, you yeah. know, so. Like we have too much on our plate to worry about what's going on. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we just trusted God with that. So after that, she was maybe a couple weeks old. And we realized, okay, good. She's starting to gain weight again with using the bottle um, after nursing. So we just kind of go about our business. We have the two-month well check. And I didn't go back in for more weight checks because I just thought everything's going great. And, I mean, I'm offering a bottle. And half the time she's, like, either refusing it or puking bunch you know oh mm. like happy spinning or whatever so I mm. thought she must be full yeah and so we go to that two-month appointment and that's where things really took a turn for the worse and um they weighed her and she hadn't gained any weight since that last appointment when oh. she was like two weeks old so she was like nine nine pounds zero ounces she had dropped to the fifth percentile for her height weight and head circumference which oh, wow. is yeah. what's most concerning mm-hmm. and so they were like your baby's failure to thrive which like and during all this time, yeah, that's such a heavy... Well, during all this time, was she a happy baby? Was she yes. laughing or was she just grumpy? And So super happy, like made eye contact, holding her head up, like doing tummy time. Um, the, the one thing that was concerning, she would sleep long stretches. So it was okay. hard to get her to wake up to eat more than every three to four hours. She really liked to eat every four hours. And I just was like... Well, I'm blessed with a newborn yeah. who doesn't want to eat every two hours. And so I just kind of rolled with that. Yeah. Or in hindsight, now I'm like, maybe I should have, maybe I should have fed her sooner. I don't know. We'll but get But then there's we'll always there. the, the uh, people say, well, don't wake a sleeping baby. Yes. You know, everybody says that. Everyone oh, said that. Oh, don't wake a sleeping no, baby. Yes. But if they're going to sleep five hours stretch at night, like, let them sleep. Yeah. You know? So tell me how that must have felt to have this baby who is happy, smiling, just fitting in with your family and then the doctor to say failure to thrive because when I think of failure I was a foster parent when we had failure to thrive kids these would be kids that would come in that were so unhappy and yeah. like you know they were kids who've been through some stuff yeah. you know what I and mean? they have like bags under their eyes yeah. and their skin's like droopy yeah so to hear your you're like my sweet healthy looking baby yeah. how did that make you feel when they said those failure to thrive, oh it know? really hurt like well mm-hmm. I mean of course I like started crying mm-hmm. my mom was at that appointment with me which was really nice and um my older daughter who's in the 95th percentile <laughs> for height and weight was there too and I mean the doctor was gracious and mm-hmm. she was like I mean I know that you're a good mom mm-hmm. you know I know that you didn't mean to do this but oh. like you know she was like I know mm-hmm. that you're trying your best mm-hmm. but we're we're here and if your baby doesn't gain weight in the next two to three days we're putting her in the hospital and yeah so I was like oh oh my word like what you know like I I had and I'm like I I guess I don't know what I could have done different like I was offering her I was nursing her Mm -hmm. and offering a bottle like what more do you want from me as a mom like I don't know what else to do to make my baby gain so what I did was I just started offering more. And then if she like refused the bottle, I would like keep offering it and keep offering it because like, if you don't gain weight, like you're going to be in the hospital, you know? Mm -hmm. So that week I just, I really like pushed those feeds. I didn't let her go more than three hours without eating. And we went back, you know, four or five, six days later and she had gained like nine ounces, which is amazing. Yeah, Like it was, it was a huge improvement. But um, little did I know that that, like, pressure feeding was going to start to 
send us into <laughs> some a different issue. Oh wow! So that's kind of how we got to where we were, where we were headed. So, so I started just sort of pressure feeding, I guess in hindsight, I didn't realize I was thinking of it as like, Oh, I'm helping my baby grow, you know? Yeah, and I'm, what is exactly pressure feeding? If you just want to clarify so, that real quick. Yeah. So like you give the baby the bottle and then they're done and they take their mouth off the bottle and then you just like keep give them the bottle again, offer mm-hmm. it again. And they maybe like kind of push their mouth away and it's like, no, like trying, trying to get them to like latch onto the bottle okay. when they've already refused it. Okay. See for me, if I was in that situation, I would be doing the same thing the doctor told you to gain weight child so you need to gain weight and the doctor had said they need she needs to have this much um formula oh the other thing I forgot to say they wanted me to stop nursing her and and only pump and then fortify the breast milk so I couldn't latch her anymore which already was like a bit of a I hate saying trigger like I I hate claiming that but it was like it was it was an emotional thing I loved being able to latch her and Mm -hmm. so having that taken from me and having to pump exclusively and then take the milk and then mix it with formula and and then offer the bottle and then she didn't like the bottle and then we tried different nipples and we tried different flows and I, I started um because she's she kept refusing the bottles and mm. so then it was like is it she doesn't like the taste you know like is it that or is the milk too cold so we got like a digital thermometer so we're like oh, measuring wow. the the temperature of the milk and then it was like, oh, she didn't take a bottle one time when I was out in the living room. She only took it when we were in the bedroom. So let's try only going there. Oh my and goodness. then it was like, oh, the, she won't take a bottle when the lights are on. Like, So you guys were just completely oh, consumed yeah. with feeding. Because it was like, we have to get in 18 ounces or whatever it was mm-hmm. at the time of this higher calorie. Like everything is calculated. And the doctor's like, you need to do this, you need to do that. And so we, we were doing it. And then she just kept refusing and refusing, and it got worse and worse and worse. And she was gaining weight, but it became like we're doing tricks to try to yeah. get her to drink, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it became to the point where she stopped wanting to take bottles when she was awake. And so she would refuse the bottle and I would be like, Oh my word, she only had an ounce. And so then she would fall asleep for her nap and I would wake her up in the middle of the nap and I would just give her the bottle while she was sleeping. Cause she would drink a whole bottle that way. Wow. And then I would just like lay her back down. So then it became like feeding her that way at night as well. Oh. So then I wasn't getting sleep, you know, mm-hmm. like it just, it got to a really a hard point. And it's a very, it's, it's odd. Like I think most moms, like you've probably never heard of someone whose baby is like, not wanting to drink milk. Yeah, I've, that's <laughs> the hard part. Is that's what you're saying. But I, there's, we know there's other moms out there, but it's probably just not something you talk about much. Probably also too, getting everybody else's opinions all the time. Yes. Well, but the doctor said do this, but we would try to do this. Oh, have you tried doing this? Have you tried doing this? And you're thinking, my life is just consumed with this right now. Believe yes. me, we're trying. Because it sounds like you guys were literally trying everything. Everything. Yeah. Like, you know, and natural doctors or chiropractors, they'd have their opinions. And then the the other doctor, the normal doctor, you know, they would have their opinions. And people are like, you should just stop nursing. And I really just, I couldn't maintain the pumping. Like, I had to just mm. lay that down because the virtue it was taken from me as a mom. Like, mm. I still have the other, my other daughter, Edith, that I need to take care of. Yeah. In addition to this two and a half month old in the middle of a pandemic. Like, it just was like, oh my word, like the lack of support and then also mm. the just feeling 
completely consumed with feeds. I mean, in a sense, maybe it was a blessing that everything was shut down because we couldn't leave the house anyway. Oh, yeah. Because she wouldn't take a bottle. Yeah, so I then, can't even imagine how you would work around a schedule like that to be able to leave and yeah. do that. Well, and there was times where I would be like, having to decide like if I'm going to go grocery shopping means my baby's going to starve, like is what it felt wow. like. Like to leave her with someone, I know she's not going to take a bottle from my mom or from Travis. Mm-hmm. Or do I take her to the store where there's COVID germs? Like, you know, like, wow, like yeah. I don't know what's the better thing to do. And then, you know, oh, she's going to miss a feed and every little feed counts and like all that, all the calculations. And, you know, it's interesting too, like how our world is so consumed with body image Yeah. and thinking like, in a sense, I feel like this was sort of an eating disorder. Yeah. Like for a baby where it's like, we're so consumed with her numbers and her percents and mm-hmm. where she's at on the scale. And I kind of wish we could go back and be like, like she's holding her head up, you know, like she's, she's smiling. She's making eye contact. Mm -hmm. She's having wet diapers. Like maybe she's just meant to be small. Like maybe she's just a small baby, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I don't know. You can't, you can't go back and you can't undo what, what's happened. Yeah. And like you, I loved what you said when we were praying that you, God always uses our struggles for good. He doesn't just let them be a waste. Mm -hmm. Like there's a reason and we live in a fallen and a broken world, and so there is struggles, there is heartache, but he will never let that go unused or let Absolutely. that go waste. Well, and of course, I think the enemy will come and throw accusations like, this whole situation that we found ourselves in is my fault because mm-hmm. I pressure fed, you know, like I caused it. And in a sense, that's a little bit true, but I can't blame myself. No, and honestly, I think anybody just from an outside perspective, I think a lot of people would agree with that. Well, if the doctor told you that this baby needs to gain weight, this baby needs to, because yeah. we had a little newborn who with this kind of a little bit of the same situation, but she wouldn't take a bottle, oh, but yeah. it, she was happy. I'm like, she's happy. And same thing. She would sleep for a long stretch of time like, at oh. night. And everybody <sighs> kept saying, well, don't wake a sleeping baby. And I'm like, well, the doctor says I need to wake her up in the middle of the night. And she ended up having to do a lot of feeding therapy and everything. Yeah. They found out she had a tongue tie. and But then also her, then talking to her biological mother, same thing. All the other babies were super small. And so oh. it's kind of like, yeah. well, did they, think, yeah, yeah. did they think about that? And she's mm-hmm. still, even to this day, I mean, she's going to be four, but she's still kind of a tiny little thing. And oh, so yeah. I'm like, maybe that's just like how she was supposed to be. But yeah, yeah, but you don't know. And so when a doctor tells you, you need to feed this kid, you're like, okay, okay come I'm on, gonna... take, please take this bottle. Yes. Please take this bottle. Like, come on, just a little bit more. And yeah. you're stressing over the ounces. Oh, man. And... and then starting to stress about the money too, because you're not really supposed to like reheat. Once they've once they drank from the bottle, yeah. you're not supposed to like save that. So we're dumping out so much formula. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not that the money really matters, but it does when it's, you're buying extremely expensive. Yeah. Formula. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it adds up. I can, I think cause luckily we were blessed as foster parents. The formula is provided, yeah. but we would still supplement about $90 of our own income wow. on top of that because the formula was Just, so expensive. Yeah. And because the same thing, you're throwing out so much. So they were like saying, Oh, this should be about the amount that you need every month. Yeah. And you're like, well, actually we use a lot more than because that. Because they're human babies yeah. <laughs> and they're not perfect. And they're yeah. not going to drink every last drop of yeah. every bottle. Yeah. So uh, no, I, t- I know you'd say it's not about the money, but that is another yeah. Because formula is not 
Well, cheap. we ended up actually going to, uh, I just didn't feel comfortable with the Enfamil or whatever brand. Like the ingredients were like high fructose corn syrup and vegetable oil or like, were like the first two ingredients on it. Oh, geez. Yeah. For the sensitive, sensitive, sensitive version or whatever. Wow. And I was like, you know, I, my conscience just wasn't, didn't feel right about it. And I thought if I ate that, I wouldn't be healthy. So we actually did this with Edith also, but, um, like a homemade goat's milk formula, it's like closest that's what we did for our okay yeah so you know yeah it's like the closest molecularly to um breast milk so but it's so expensive oh my goodness so yeah we actually we're done now buying it and we're just like using what's left and we'll be transferring (laughs) her into normal milk and i'm like oh that's like a huge pay raise you know yeah exactly (laughs) yeah that stuff is not cheap yeah yeah but (laughs) we also are like we're not going to make decisions based on money when it comes to the health of our babies so no i totally i totally get it there but you're also like okay baby you just wasted like hold on on yeah just drink the milk yeah just drink it because there's so much more than just the cost and just it's just there's so much weighing it sounded like on there but Mm -hmm. yeah we did the goat's milk with ariana as well and that's the only thing that would settle her stomach and so i mean she had a lot of issues too but yeah we liked the goat's milk that was good stuff so i know if there's other moms that are listening that have a baby who has a super sensitive tummy We'll link, we'll link the formula in the show notes. And even after she turned one, we would just buy the regular carton of goat milk yeah. from the rate from like our Meyerberg or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was trying to remember. It's been a while. Yes. But yeah. So even after we transitioned her to that and that was actually my mother-in-law's suggestion and she only fed her kids that too. And wow. I'd never heard of that. I'm like, I'm gonna be... and it smells horrible. Yeah. So I don't know how they I don't love it. <laughs> choke it down. But I know. It really of... does help. If you have a sensitive tummy, that might be something to try. And so, yes. And I did feel like if we can't do you know, exclusively breastfeeding, that's like the next best option for us. At least it's been great. So yeah, it is happy. Um, so we basically were a hundred percent sleep feeding by the time she was maybe three months old. Mm -hmm. And so she never would take a bottle when she was awake. And so that was very consuming. And so after talking with like my mom and my mother-in-law, they were like, this is not normal. Like, yeah. this is not, this is not right. And cause mm-hmm. I'm like, whew, what a relief. Like at least she's getting in her ounces and it's like, but big picture, not, yeah. not, a, there's something's wrong. So I called the doctor and was like, Hey, I'm, I'm not all right. And I need you to take this more seriously. And I feel like I just had to really advocate for her because on, on their end, they looked at the paper and they're like, great, your baby is gaining like check. We're done worrying about this failure to thrive mm-hmm. baby. But I had to be like, no, like something's not right. And I need you to, I need you to talk to other doctors, figure out who we can see. And so, you know, they like talk amongst themselves and they recommended us to see um, a GI gastroenterologist or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we went to that appointment and, um, they, that's where they diagnosed, okay, it's probably reflux. It's a feeding aversion of some sort. Something's not right. And they really affirmed like, okay, yes, what's going on here is not, it's not, your baby's not well. Yeah. (laughs) And so that was a relief, but also like hard because Mm -hmm. it just, every day felt so long. And when you're Mm -hmm. living from feed to feed, from bottle to bottle, the days just feel like years. Like Mm. it just goes by very, very slow. (laughs) Yeah. And on top of that, you're not in your normal routine. You're not going to church on Sundays. Mm -hmm. You're not going to mom's group on Fridays. You're not going nowhere. Isolated completely going through something so hard and you mentioned something earlier when we were kind of chatting about 
um, cause you know, we're friends and I said, I didn't even know that what you went through and you're like, well, yeah, how do you tell people, Hey, we're not okay. You know, how do yeah. you send that out to people when you're isolated from everyone and you're not able to hang out with people and it must've just felt so lonely at that at time yeah and I think a lot of it is just like you're in survival mode mm-hmm. like you don't maybe realize how bad things are because you've just been in it for so many days or weeks or whatever and it's just this is the reality now and we're just surviving and I'm just trying to keep my baby alive and mm. it's like you don't even really realize how far you are from what a normal three-month-old mm. schedule would look like you know um, yeah. just kind of living from feed to feed and yeah, that the GI referred us to a speech and language pathologist, and at that appointment, that's where they, um, she really affirmed the trauma of what what we've been dealing with, yeah. and I like really broke at that appointment, like just for someone to acknowledge that this was this is not just like oh like oh that's hard. It was she was like no this is traumatic and this is this is a huge deal, and she's like I I want your baby needs a NG tube like today, like I want to get you oh, scheduled, and that was very hard to hear, you know that it's that serious. Um, cause I kind of started reading online a little mm-hmm. bit and I, I kind of knew that might've been an option. Um, but she was like, you, that's not a burden for you to bear alone. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think she was saved, but I was thinking it's true. Like this is not a burden. Yeah. Like when you're going through something hard, that's not a burden that you mm-hmm. should bear alone. And that the Lord is there when in your darkest times and you know, when you feel alone or you feel like no, but none of my friends know what I'm going through. Like yeah. the Lord is there to bear our burdens. Yeah. Yeah. So good. That's right. And it's like no matter how isolated we can be or how lonely we can be or how we feel nobody can understand, we have a Heavenly Father who's walked this earth Mm -hmm. and understands every single emotion and that He loves your kid far more than you ever could. And so you're like, Lord, we're that so many times where you just I have to place Lucy in your arms, Lord. You know. Well, and obviously, like, I wasn't the answer. Like I didn't have enough, you know, and I, like, I didn't have, I didn't know how to solve this problem. Like clearly what I had to offer was insufficient, but like in a God, I need you kind of way, Mm -hmm. you know, like in a, this is beyond me. And so I think that's why there's hope from in this story. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm able to even talk about it just nine months later without being like, so broken about it like yeah. I, I'm bro- like broken because I needed God and because yeah. he met me in the darkest of darkest mm. of days of motherhood that I never thought that feeding would be like a mountain that you stare down or like a yeah. giant that needed needed intervention you know yeah. so we went to the um the NG tube appointment two days later all of these appointments I had to go to by myself and like wear a mask which is a really difficult thing for me personally I have asthma and like medical anxiety and so having to go to the appointments alone with my newborn who already is like kind of half starving or you know like just it was just difficult and um difficult to breathe for me and so uh, like the ng tube appointment was probably the hardest Mm. like three hours of my life they were like we want you to place it yourself because Mm. if it comes out in the middle of the night you need to know how to put it back in and all this and like you know of course lucy just screamed and screamed and screamed and it was um it was just difficult and it's just it's gross you know it's going down her nose into her stomach Mm -hmm. and um so having to learn all of that talk to the dietitian talk to the doctors blah 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 and the way that they were talking was like they sent me home with like bags and bags of stuff and like replacement pads and i'm like no 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 like this is not our future like yeah we're not this this baby is not going to be tube fed and Mm -hmm. and they're like well you know you might think that but 
whatever, you know, you'll see what, what happens. Like the way that it was almost eerie. Like they were just mm. sort of like, it felt like a death sentence is honestly what yeah. it felt like, you know, just like, this is your future and this is where you're headed. And I, I was like, yeah, no, like, I mean, I was very relieved to have it in because now we could start to um, help her heal mentally because basically what a feeding aversion is, is it's psychological aversion to something going in their mouth. And so it has to be healed mentally. Mm. it's unless like, how do you do that with a newborn yes you know? so they said unless they have like reflux which at this point she'd already been on reflux meds for two weeks so we'd ruled out reflux it's not pain from reflux it's not a tongue tie we had her checked from like all different doctors and stuff mm -hmm. and it wasn't like she doesn't have a food allergy issue which like all of those things medically could be reasons that they would have an aversion but for her I really just think I pinpointed back to that two-month appointment where I started pressure feeding her and I created this like mom's gonna try to choke me with milk shoving a bottle in my mouth instead of mm -hmm. letting eating be like a peaceful experience and so the tube was a way to help her um heal her perspective of the bottle without starvation being the side effect oh, wow. uh, basically i would offer her so once we had the tube the rules were no sleep feeding ever again if she if her eyes are closed we don't feed her and then um no pressure feeding so as soon as she refuses the bottle we never offer it again like we're done for that feed and I would give the, the balance of the bottle, the rest of the bottle through the tube. Okay. So she wouldn't even really know that it's happening, but now she has a full sensation and then we move on and we try again at the next feed. So um, mm. the tube I thought was gonna be easy, like, oh, it'll just make it quick. I'll just squirt the milk in there and da da da. And it's not, it's not that way. Mm. You can't do cold, it can't be fast. They will projectile vomit it up if oh, wow. you just like, squirt the milk in there and be done. Like, I didn't know any of this. Oh, wow. The bandages have to be tended to. The baby can try to hook it and pull the tube out. So like oh, all of that, goodness. like the tube has this long dangly thing and you have to like clean the end of it and like all this stuff. And you have to like note where it's at. Like it just was like, way more involved than I Yeah, because I'm over here thinking like, well, now there's a little a bit of pre pressure. No. A little bit of like, mm -mm. yeah, relief from all the, but oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I thought so too until we had it. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is not. You're like, this is not our future. No. <laughs> and I joined some groups for like support for feeding your baby with, with the tube and seeing the way these moms would be like, my 18 month olds had a tube since they were in the NICU and da, 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 da. Like you'll get used to it. And I just was like, no, we are <laughs> not getting used to it. Mm. Like this is not going to be our future. But God used that. We had it for a week and every feed she started to take a tiny bit more and a tiny oh. bit more on her own. Like, oh, praise so the it Lord. started like one ounce and then it was like an ounce and 0.25 and then it was like an ounce and a half and then an ounce and a half again and then like two ounces and then back to an ounce and 0.75, you know, like, I mean, every little bit was very much charted, but we started to see improvements. And so that was so encouraging. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Just, yeah, so by, like, day five, six, she was taking, like, probably 80% of what they were recommending her to take. And at that point, I thought, okay, I'm pulling the tube. They were like, don't pull it yet. You know, wait till a couple days go, and she's taking all that we want her to. And I was like, no, like, we're done. I'm pulling the tube. I mean, she would wake up every 45 minutes all night long gagging. Like, she would be gagging and coughing, and mm. I would have to go in there and, like, hold her and, like, try to get her back to sleep. And... Like the tube really bothered her. Like yeah. I know, it, I know it did. She didn't like smile and talk to me the way that she was. Mm. You know, like it just was like uncomfortable. Well, I can't imagine just having that stuck up your nose I know. and going into it's just and taped all the way across her cheek. Like mm. she had a big old bandage across her face, and so yeah. So I pulled the tube out and was like, 
we're not going back. Like, <laughs> we're done. And I just, I felt a surge of faith. And it had to just be spiritual. Like, I, yeah. I think I think the Lord gave me grace for the tube. And then the grace lifted. And I felt peace to, to know, like, no, this is not going to be our future. And we're ready for the next, the next phase of just eating by yourself. Yeah. So after that, um, she did have a tiny dip in weight, like, on the percentile chart, you know, okay. she didn't lose weight, but she wasn't gaining the way she was, which I was okay with. She went from like the 12th percent to the like eighth. Yeah. <laughs> and then we started to see it climb again. But I, what I learned through it all, um, the Lord totally just directed me to this book. Um, it's called your baby's bottle feeding Aversion by Rowena Bennett. And it's like the only book out there in the world. Um, oh, wow. that's and we'll about put that this. in our show notes yes. too. We'll link that to our so show notes. So I feel like the Lord just sent an angel who posted on Facebook and commented on, I had asked some moms or something and, you know, like in a mom Facebook yeah. group, like, Hey, anyone having issues? I can't get my baby to eat when they're awake or something. And she was like, Hey, have you looked into this? And added me to a Facebook support group from that same book. And that book just really opened my eyes. And I just think the Lord can totally use something natural. Like it's not like a Christian author or like that lady was a Christian, but God can use anything to, um, be like a door that gets you yeah. out of something that can seem so hopeless. Mm -hmm. So that book um, gave me confidence because basically the whole philosophy of the book is like assuming the baby doesn't have a medical condition that needs fixed like a tongue tie or mm -hmm. a, a food allergy or something that babies will eat when they're, when they're hungry and you have to trust a baby to take the lead and pressure feeding can cause so much damage on a baby, wow. basically. That's like the gist of the book in a nutshell. <laughs> but see, that's so good to know. How many people would just know that? I've, I know. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would no. I don't, I mean, it's not something you read and what to expect when you're expecting. It's exactly. Not, it's, I don't, I mean, until now, I've never even heard of pressure feeding before ever. Yeah. And I had a baby who well, I was fostering yes. who wouldn't take, and I'm sure I caused some damage trying to get her to like take the bottle like just take the bottle just take Maybe, the bottle you know but so yeah. I and the doctor never once said anything well, about that and after we kind of got through all this and I had finished reading the book I brought it to the doctor's office and gave it to the doctor and I was like I hope you don't take offense but I feel like a lot of what we went through was sort of your and my fault <laughs> like you pressured me to feed my baby and didn't warn me that if I tried to force milk down her throat that I could cause horrible permanent damage to mm. her life you know like and I was like I know you that wasn't your intention like it was kind of a hard conversation but I felt like there was um grace to be bold and just say like mm. if I can help bring a little bit of balance to the way that she helps other people in the future um maybe I could spare a couple other people from the same trauma that we went through and so I gave her the book and was like can you just please read it and just like tuck it away and just make a mental note when someone else comes in with a failure thrive baby just say feed them this much but don't pressure them <laughs> you know mm -hmm. don't pressure your baby to, to eat if they don't want to eat so yeah wow because in your journey at the beginning when she first when they said oh she has failure to thrive did they check for allergies or tongue ties or anything like that right at the beginning or was it not until you met with the GI that they decided to rule everything out? I think we figured she didn't have um, allergies because she didn't have like weird poop issues. Okay. You know, she didn't have any eczema. Her skin is like as perfectly porcelain it's white. so beautiful. Yeah, like <laughs> she just, and she doesn't, um, I'm trying to think like the things like blood in the stool, like there's certain signs of food allergies. Mm -hmm. So they kind of assumed, like they asked those questions and then 
Um, I don't know why reflux wasn't thought of sooner. Yeah, that's what I was curious. I yeah. was wondering why that wasn't one of. I know, but. but she never seemed bothered. Like she didn't have any of the typical reflux signs, mm, like yeah. waking up and or certain. I don't know, crying. I don't. I can't even think off the top of my head what they are. Yeah, a big one is um, arching their if back. If your baby is arching their yeah. back and creates a very strong baby yeah ariana was like you cannot like that like oh my word yeah i remember her physical therapist one time was like yeah you know why she's so strong in her back it's because that acid reflux back arch and i was like oh okay because she was like really like when she do that arching her back thing there was no getting yeah like just so rigid yeah what's going on here she's like oh she's strong from all those but yeah, so I was curious about that if they had mentioned those other things. The tongue tie, yeah. The doctor checked all the different people we saw. They all checked, and mm-hmm. they didn't. I don't think she. I, I'm positive she doesn't have one because she doesn't have an issue now. She, yeah, you no. Know. I was just curious if they went right to just try to get gain as much weight, or if they did say, "Hey, well, let's check out these other things and see if there's anything going on," or if it was just, "Come on, let's just try to get this baby to gain some weight." Yeah, but, well, hindsight's twenty twenty. That's what I know for sure. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, she's still small and she uh, is extremely strong, extremely bright. Like, she's very communicative. She's like verbal and happy. And, mm. you know, like in all those ways, she's like, I feel like she's advanced. You know, yeah. every mom thinks that. <laughs> but she is small. Like, she is little. She wears, I don't know, nine to 12 month size mm. clothes and she's one, you know, where a lot of her peers are probably more like an 18 month clothes. You know, she's not super chubby, but she's strong like yeah and she doesn't look malnourished you know yeah. she just looks like a miniature version of a one-year-old yeah. you know she's just a little and she's so happy yeah. everywhere she goes she's just always yes. smiling at everyone mm-hmm. and <laughs> and she's walking now so like it's just yeah it's crazy so I feel a lot of peace about where we're at she eats pretty normally she still is pretty particular with food compared to her older sister who will <laughs> literally eat anything like except for mac and cheese so like I know isn't that weird like my mac and cheese but no we still I'm still figuring out what kind of food she enjoys eating but like that's a normal yeah. problem some kids are just mm-hmm. more picky of eaters yeah. and and maybe we just got an extremely picky eater <laughs> who knows <laughs> Um, yeah, and God can yeah. do anything with that too. And you're like, you know what? My baby's eating and yeah. in a healthy way, and so totally. <laughs> and isn't that motherhood like seeing maybe an issue with your baby and trying to figure out how to overcome it? You know, whether it's something big or something small. Like, how can I beat the system here? How yeah. can I trick my child into doing what I want them to? So, <laughs> I mean, that's where we're at with her eating right now. And but I'm not concerned. You know, like yeah. And I know Natalie has said that too. Even having Serby who has different things and people saying like, oh, she's going to overcome that. She's, you know, and Natalie has that faith like, yeah, she will. But I know before, sometimes she said, and if she doesn't, she doesn't. And we know God's just going to use her for mighty things. But we do, we do know that she, like God can do anything, but it's like, it doesn't always have to be like, oh, third. And it's all solved. Yeah. (laughs) Because not every problem in our life is going to be solved. And you know, Mm -hmm. if she was still on a tube right now, like I wouldn't have lost my faith in God. I just Mm -hmm. know that I just knew in my spirit that that wasn't our future. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to let a doctor push me down that road Mm -hmm. because it was easy. And that's, it's like, they were almost excited to offer the tube. Like that's what made me Mm -hmm. feel nervous is they were like, Oh, welcome. Like, welcome. We have everything you need here to feed your baby easily. And I was thinking like, easy is not really what we're looking for. We're looking for like long-term health and we're looking for a baby who can like 
the speech language pathologist said, she's like, you're here at this appointment right now because on your baby's first birthday, you want her to grab a fistful of cake and shove it in her mouth. And, <laughs> and I, I didn't even realize until she said that, like how long-term a feeding aversion can be, wow. that it can affect four and five-year-olds and she could be a malnourished 10-year-old, you know, like, wow. and so like having her birthday party on Saturday where mm. we got to see her do her little smash cake and she <laughs> did take a bite and she wasn't eating her cake through a G tube, which is what oh. happens. They end up going from the NG tube to the gastro tube in their stomach, you know, like that's not her future. And I just totally give glory to God that, the Lord. that he let us go through something that taught us so much, but didn't let it be something that affects the rest of our life. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. Oh, and those pictures were just, there's this one of you and her together, and it's so bright, and she has her cake, and I just was like, oh, that's so beautiful. Like, God is so awesome. Look what he's done. Well, and because of what we've gone through, that's what I think makes that picture even more beautiful. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, every baby's first birthday is happy, but when it's like, this could have been a sad birthday. It could have been really like, oh, you know. We wish you were eating cake today, but sorry, babe, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm just so grateful. Like, so grateful. It really makes you um, thankful for the little things, like a kid who can feed themselves. Yeah. Like, literally. Most people don't even, like you said, most people don't think about those in their day-to-day. Yeah. So, but, man, that is such a good story, Kelsey. And there's some really hard, hard parts. So, we really appreciate you coming on the show and talking about those yeah. things because there's so many things that you said as I'm sitting here I've never heard of that I've never and so even if this just reaches one mom who yeah. just thinks oh, that's what I've been told to do maybe that's what's wrong that's what's wrong here you know and yeah. then just even giving them that confidence that you had like it took bravery to say no this is not how we're going to live our life yeah. and to even go back to that doctor just not to say hey you were wrong and yeah. here's, but to out of a heart of hey, let's help other moms yeah. in the future. And it know? was like, she just didn't know. Like, that, yeah. I think she was just like you, where she was like, I, she had never heard of a feeding aversion, or maybe she had just had never had a baby in her care who had that experience. So yeah. I felt like I, it was my duty yeah, like, <laughs> to I'm let sure. her know. <laughs> yeah. And how, how would you say that God has used this experience to even change your perspective as a mom and maybe towards other moms? Yeah, I think any hard thing we go through as a mom makes us less judgmental. (laughs) (laughs) Amen to that. You know, like I see the moms um, who are feeding with a bottle and I mean, maybe they're super proud of it, but I feel like most of the time moms aren't. Like Mm -hmm. most of the time it's because they didn't have a supply or they didn't, you know, they, the baby had a a complex tongue tie and they couldn't nurse or whatever. And I, it gives me a heart for those moms. And I really do feel like it's kind of a ministry of mine to be like, there's no shame in formula feeding. And, Mm -hmm. and I mean, it just, it is what it is. Sometimes you Mm -hmm. just have to lay down something that's, that's hard. And I think it gives me, um, yeah, just a heart for moms who are going through things that are hard. Like I literally saw a mom, I don't know, (laughs) posting in a Facebook mom group with her, son who has extreme extreme eczema and she's Mm. like I don't know what to do you guys I'm at the end of my rope the doctors don't know what to say the baby's allergic to everything like I didn't have the answer for her specific situation but I did comment and just say hey mama you know I see what you're going through I've been there in a hopeless situation where you don't know the answer and I'm just praying that God's gonna 
give you exactly what you need to get out of the situation you're in because he totally can do that. And then I just was like hugs, you know, like just, just a word of encouragement because sometimes that's all you need Yeah, is someone to say like, this isn't going to be forever. You're going to get through this. There is hope and don't give up and you're not the only one or, you know, because I'm sure there's plenty of people that have you tried this? Well, are you doing this? Have you tried this? Have you, but then just somebody be like, man, just to feel heard. That's hard. I'm sorry you're yeah. going through this, but God has got you, you and know? Like to know, like, you're not the only mama who's awake until one in the morning, Googling and trying to find every obscure mm. website with some random solution. And you're spending tons of money trying all these different yeah. things. Like, and we all have our things. And maybe if you're listening right now and it's not a feeding aversion, like you're going through something else that is hopeless. The doctors don't have answers. You and all your family members and everyone you've talked to is like, I don't know, man, that's hard. Like, like keep going, keep searching, mm. keep looking, keep praying, ask God, fast and pray. Like, you know, sometimes it just takes like, like you come to the end of your rope and then all of a sudden you get that answer or that light or something switches and it starts to work. And, and it's like, God's just making things like, like one thing in front of the next. I don't know. I don't know how to say it exactly, but you know what I mean? That's wonderful. And that's what moms need to hear. And I think the most, um, what you I think we put so much guilt on ourselves too. And to be able to just, how you said, I can't go back. I can't change things. I'm just, I laid it down at God's feet and I'm celebrating the victory. Like what a victory that was that first birthday, her eating that cake. That's so wonderful. So yeah, we can't take that guilt onto ourselves. Well, and I've had probably at least a dozen moms find me through Instagram or Facebook and saying that they're having the same Thing going on and some of them I feel like I've been able to help and other ones they have more complex issues and mm-hmm. it's like that baby just needs healed like there's just yeah. bigger medical things going on but I think did God just let me go through something like that or you know is that one of the the ways that God's going to redeem the thing that I went through because mm-hmm. I've been able to help a dozen moms in just this short amount of time and who yeah. knows in my lifetime could it be hundreds of moms that yeah. I help bring hope to and I think, man, if I hadn't had Jesus, that trial would have wrecked me, like wrecked me. Mm -hmm. And I think about moms who are struggling with PPD or going through these things, first time moms who'd never had a normal baby and they think this is what motherhood is. Like Mm. those moms need someone to say like, no, this isn't, this isn't normal. And, and there's hope and you're going to get through this. And it's, it is hard. It's Mm. super hard, but it's not the end and there's more to live for and God's going to see you through, you know? Yeah. Well, that's so wonderful. Thank you for sharing your story, Kelsey. Yeah. I, th- I think we just can't say thank you enough because it is hard to get, put yourself out there and have that vulnerability. And, but we do one th- a thing of our heart for this podcast is just to reach as many moms as we can to yeah. give them that hope through Jesus and to know that God can get you through anything. And as we're closing up, is there anything else that you wanted to add or put in or yeah I wanted to share a couple scriptures because I know like in the depth of like (laughs) just the hardness um you have to have scriptures that you're clinging to otherwise it's like (laughs) there's no positive speaker out there that's (laughs) good enough to help you you know what I mean but thinking okay so Romans 8 28 says all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Like that's a good one. Claim that one. Psalms 23 about, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Mm. I will fear no evil for you are with me. That whole passage is just such was, is always such a comfort Mm. to me. Anytime I'm in a trial, just like 
yeah, sometimes God leads us through the valley of the shadow of death, but we're not alone. Um, another verse that's super encouraging, Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Wow. And just cover your trial in prayer. And that. sometimes that's all we can do, you know. And then the last verse that, and this is more just a life message that we all Christians should have, <laughs> but um, in Revelation 21, he will wipe away every tear from their mm. eyes. Death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And just thinking, you know, sometimes there's not a solution to the things that we face here on earth. And, and sometimes there is going to be a trial that stays with you all the way till the end. But mm. that's why our hope is not in the things of this world. Our hope is in heaven. Yes. And I mean, we're all going to go through life trials, things that yeah. just, it just is all the way. Mm -hmm. And that's because of sin. Sin has damaged our world, you know, yeah. but we cling to heaven. And mm -hmm. I just think in the darkest times, heaven looks the brightest to me. And I just, yes. I just, that's all I can look to and just think, Oh God, there's going to be a day when we're not crying, <laughs> you know, yeah. and we're not in pain and we're not broken. and Our bodies aren't being plagued by diseases and sickness mm -hmm. and all this. And, and so that's what I think is just, we have to look to heaven when we're in a trial and that's the, the, the best thing we can do. The brightest, yeah. the brightest spot. <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, I love that. And we'll be sure to put all the scriptures into our show notes, too, because those are just good life scriptures, yeah. no matter what you're going through. Yeah. But those are Gotta, beautiful. Yeah. And I love that you said that, just finding scripture with anything we go through, just having that scripture that you can meditate on. And, yeah. Um, no scripture of the word goes, no word of the Lord goes out void. So yeah. I promise you, if you speak those scriptures, they'll, they won't come back void. But so yeah, once again, thank you so much, Kelsey. And I know it's hard. Oh, yes. And be sure to check out our Facebook page, Insta Mamas, Nat and Ratch. No, it's Nat and Rachel. I was going to say Nat and Ratch. Ratch. Oh, and then um, you can find Kelsey on Instagram. What is your Instagram, yeah, Kelsey? Yeah, it's Mrs. Like MRS K Scrant. K Scrant. Mm -hmm. So if you were just really, and we'll link that in our show notes too. So if you were just really moved and you're going through, something similar or just uh i know kelsey would be happy for you to dm her yeah and or do any you say dm dm anymore? yeah direct okay. message yeah <laughs> like, DM. it used to be pm pm is on facebook dm is on instagram <laughs> <Okay>. no <laughs> but i do think like everyone knows that mom who might be like just had their first baby and they're struggling nursing mm -hmm. or whatever like I'm happy to talk to any stranger, any mom out there who just even just needs someone to say, hey, you're not the only one who couldn't exclusively breastfeed. You know, like, <laughs> you're not alone and you're not a failure and you're not less than because you can, you know, I don't know. Just, yeah, yeah. I'm here for anyone. <laughs> so thank you so much. And that's a wrap, you guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>